0: What up, Doug Gottlieb show, Fox Sports Radio. Mm -mm -mm. Hope you're having a great day. The Doug Gottlieb show broadcasts live every single day from sunny Southern California. Today, not so much. Today, uh, I'm in uh, Colorado Springs, Colorado, where uh, we're waiting on a little snowstorm. I'm waiting on a basketball game. You can check out on Fox Sports 1. Uh, John Ramos just did some double duty last couple days with it with Valentine's Day and then his wife's birthday yesterday. He survived. We also have um, the Rams parade update. Can I get a Rams parade update? Let's go on the ones. Let's go live to Dan Byer and Jason Stewart for our Rams parade update. What do you got, man?
2: I got a carrot in my mouth right now
0: <laughs> I'll take it Carrot's from
3: here good- Dan. uh weather on the wands no um, <laughs> yeah I, I think you summed it up pretty well last time Doug like I, I- the actual parade part was kind of sketchy. There were there were crowds here and there, and I think that was like the, the part that the Rams were sweating. Like the parade route, and let's shorten this up and get to the celebrations. Because once they got to the Coliseum, it looked packed and it looked great. I mean, the, the, the visuals are good. So, aesthetically, it looked good. What would you think, Dan?
2: Carrots aren't easy to chew quickly.
4: <laughs> Still on carrot
2: duty. Dan Byer, John Ramos? I, it, it was fine with me. I enjoyed it. Byer? And let's hear from Aaron Donald. <laughs> we can bring a super team back. Why not run it back? We can be world champions.
0: Yeah! Okay. Here's the thing. Um, everybody gets a pass for what they what they say <laughs> at a victory parade, <laughs> right? That's that's basically it. Brady last year threw the nearly threw the trophy and the drink. Okay, we've seen plenty of Rob Gronkowski completely plastered. Remember the Braves? Who was it from the Braves who was off of their uh, double-decker bus, and the cop tried to shake him down and didn't realize he was a player for the Braves?
1: <laughs> oh, that's
0: like that's the most baseball thing ever. By the way, did you see Tom
2: Brady's tweet to Matthew
0: Stafford? What to throw in some water? Yes,
2: that's because Stafford sounded like this.
3: Aaron Donald comes out, makes a play, two plays in a row, really. To uh, to get the job done for us, I didn't even know it was fourth
4: down. I feel like a bad player for that, but you know what? At the same time,
0: I'm damn happy to be standing up here with you guys. Hey, barkeep, who's water. Water. Yeah, and and light on the water, uh, light, light on the water. Okay, let's 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 do this. So, buyer, you don't drink, right? Correct. I just want to, okay. Ramos doesn't really, don't really drink, right? Like I don't drink,
4: a... I don't like beer, but I will have like a margarita or a pina colada, you know, stuff like that.
0: Okay. And Jason, where are you on the imbibing alcohol?
3: I, I think uh, I like to tell people I drink, I just don't overdrink.
0: So you're never going to see me blitzed, but I like to drink. Okay. So Jason, if you win a Super Bowl tomorrow and you can, and somebody says, hey, you can drink anything you want on the victory float. What would you choose?
3: Oh, man. I mean, that victory at float, I think, is a pacing thing. You, I think you got to go beer. I mean, the last thing you want to do is go, like, uh, Red Bull and vodka or something, and then it'll, it'll just hit you and you'll be blitzed. I think you got to pace it
0: out, right? Cold beer? So so you do cold beer. But the problem with the cold beer – now, look, there's lots of cold beer, guys. The problem with cold beer – cold beer on a hot day is amazing. Um, and all those dudes have their shirts off, right? They're all – they're all setting out the flex. The problem with the cold beer is, man, you get full. Like you just sit there, and be like, and you gotta pee. Like you're still drinking a bunch of liquid. You gotta pee. You're on this float. I'd be more of the mixed drink variety guy, or something a little that 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 you you shave off a couple of steps in terms of how many drinks you have to have.
3: Yeah, I, I see that. I see that. Yeah. I think I think the beer thing though is like. I think you want to reach that point where you're, you're right in that perfect groove of like tipsy, but not drunk. You know, you're going to have to say something at some point to maintain that. I think you'd you'd go either beer or, I mean, red wine
0: seems a little obnoxious, but that was wild. That was wild. Matthew, like
4: Matthew,
0: like Matthew could not believe that he was drinking. It was crazy. It was crazy how much he was drinking during the parade. I had not drank that much with Matthew or seen Matthew drink that much, well, since we were at Georgia together.
1: I'm not going to lie. I'm
0: not going to lie. He drank a lot of alcohol. Of alcohol. Everybody I think should was, just call him Matt just to mess with him today.
3: Was it Barstool who uh, posted the, maybe everybody did, but who posted that, that picture with Matthew on the boat with those sorority girls back in
0: college? Yeah, I, <laughs> I love that picture. I love that picture. I'm sure she does as well. I'm sure she does as well I don't understand
4: why we I I, I tell this to my wife too why we I mean he was in college or wherever he was or high school I don't know it's like you can't stop your life like what do you you know what I mean like what you did in high school and stuff like you can't be held against you 30 years down the road when you're married like ah look at you back in high school like yeah yeah that's exactly what I did I'm sorry we weren't married then what do you want me to do stop my life I don't... Right? Should he be... I, I... Suzanne sometimes will say, like, you know, oh, well, you know, is that somebody you knew in high school or college? I'm like, yeah, it's exactly... I didn't know you then. Am I supposed to, like, not... Well, hey, I can't talk to you, lady, because
2: someday I might get married to some other girl and she won't like it. Like, it, I don't know how that works. It it should be noted that she did tell Barstool last week that she dated the backup to Stafford at Georgia to make him jealous. So wait, this really happened? That's that was the uh that was yeah. The conversation. Yeah.
0: Okay. So, I I did they ask did they follow up? I I, I didn't hear
2: the whole thing. I just said red. By the dated
0: by by dated what do you mean? <laughs> well, <laughs> I, uh, well that's that was Right? That, that was the yeah that, that's a question. Yeah. It's a question. Because, I mean, the quarterback room would end up being a really weird room, and now every reunion sort of thing would be awkward as well. Like, yeah, I don't know about that one. That that one would backfire with me. That would backfire with me. Yeah. Yeah, I dated your buddy or a guy you were competing with. He wasn't really competing with. Who was the backup quarterback at the time? I got to know names. I got to know details. (laughs) So you're
3: telling me there was no uh, Tony Braxton situation on the Oklahoma State uh, basketball team back in the day?
1: That was Uh, wild.
0: I don't know. Uh, No. 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 There were other situations, but there was not a Tony. Tony Braxton, you guys know the reference? Okay. Uh, The report was Jason Kidd and Jim Jackson and maybe Jamal Mashburn as well, but I know Jason Kidd and and Jim Jackson, reportedly both either dated or were hooking up with Tony Braxton. This is like peak Tony Braxton. And that that was, all three were on the Mavericks and they were all like in the first couple years of their career. Right, that was, it's, it's weird. Uh, Jason Kidd did the reverse Steve Nash, right? He started out in the Mavericks, then he was traded to the Suns then he came back to the Mavericks and won a championship. Steve Nash was drafted as Steve as Jason Kidd's backup with the Suns, went to the Mavericks, became an all-star, then came back to the Suns and became a two-time MVP. Did not win a championship. That's right. Right. But the the bigger point was that the reports were they were both either dating or wooing or somebody was yeah, it was a it's the old um What's that love triangle? Is that what it's called? Love triangle? Yes, <laughs> The
2: triangle so, that didn't work in the NBA. Yes, yes.
0: The <laughs> basketball triangle. Tex Winter was oh, not part of this one. Tex, so, Tex Winter was not the architect of the, of that triangle.
2: You know, we've talked about my love of Jimmy Jackson growing up on the show, and I am a big Tony Braxton fan. So there was, you want to talk about conflicts right. for me back then. Man. Well, no conf-
0: there was no conflict. You just didn't like Jason Kidd. Yeah, <laughs> That's true. That's true. And, and you couldn't wonder, figure out why tony wasn't more into wasn't more into uh jim jackson everybody idolized jim jackson that dude was a stud stud still a stud guy as well yeah but- tony- uh, um anyway to answer your question uh ramos yeah i obviously i i they, we're getting the inner workings of the ramos marriage here where suzanne still uh, uh, you know her her chili runs her, her chili <laughs> chili runs hot when john you know, texts and calls his ex ex-girl- No, I don't know. That is that's not what I'm just saying that I don't they think... slide into your Facebook
4: <laughs> I'm just saying that like I can't I, when I was like seventeen years older I I can't think to myself then like some girls like you would like to go out. I'm like, you know what? Ten or fifteen years now I could be married so I'm gonna have to say no. Like I how can you do that? How can you think about that when you're you know you you're dating somebody you when you're like you can't exactly it's illogical so I can't be held responsible. St- Matt Stafford's having a good time. He's like, you know, oh, look at him there. He's hanging out with women. He's he yeah, he's in college. He's having a good time, god forbid.
2: Black Sports yeah. Online said that the backup quarterback was Joe Cox. <laughs> Dead serious. I'm not making up a name. That, that was that was
0: Get out of no, here. That's no way. Yes.
3: <laughs>
2: so she she uh
3: went to Matt after she had too much cocks,
2: John.
1: What? No, no, no! no. I'm
4: just, that's a that's a fair question, isn't it? It is a fair question, but not for not, didn't Tony, make the airwaves. Tony Braxton
2: had too much too much
3: kid and went to Jackson. I mean, that's,
0: fair. Okay, let's pull it back. Um, you're not wrong. Uh, you did not violate any FCC guidelines, but yeah, that was that's hysterical. That is hysterical. Um, have you, Ramos, have you ever been to a victory parade?: No, I, I, I said
4: at the beginning of the show as I've been a fan of the Rams, the Dodgers, the Lakers, the Lakers and Dodgers have, have had you know many parades, Lakers, especially, never had any inkling to go down there to the parade. Never once. I just watch it on TV, and so that's what I'm saying. It's like maybe there are a lot of fans. I'm not saying that it's comp- comparable to the Lakers, but I'm saying maybe there are a lot of fans like me that just like I don't feel like going down there and standing around. I just rather watch it on television. So well,
0: I'm with you. I, I have no desire to go down there and stand around, and that's uh, just that is not my jam in at at all.
4: That doesn't make you at less all. of a Chargers fan if they won the Super Bowl. You're like I love my team, but I just don't feel like. Hanging out down there—that's all. What I mean? What do you want me to do?
0: No, I'm I'm good. I, it doesn't make you any less of a fan. No, not, not in a, not in any way does it make it less of a, less of a fan. Uh, uh, what about you, Chase? Do have you, you ever been to a victory parade?
3: You will never catch me there unless someone is paying me to cover one, which that might happen. I, I, I—that's the last place I want to be—is around a bunch of sweaty people <laughs> on a hot day. Uh, trying to get my two seconds of uh, Aaron Donald driving by on a bus that that doesn't interest me at all.
0: Doesn't that uh, me 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 either? But people do it. What about you, Buyer? Have you been?
2: No, no, have not. I did. I will say this though: last year when the Bucks had their celebration in Milwaukee, I did have a an extreme amount of FOMO. Absolutely, I was. I I really did wish that I was uh, there. Taking in uh, the festivities, why? Um, For them, because it was just never realistic. Like I could understand, like for the Lakers, we joked, Doug, when you were uh, on the side of the highway outside of Colorado Springs. But we uh, joked at the start of the show on, I mean, you know, the Lakers filled the Coliseum for their their win over the Magic because the drought was seven years long since their last title. Like that. Like I mean, the the Bucks winning a title. Honestly, I never thought it would happen in my lifetime. I did not think that the NBA was set up for it. So, because it was so far fetched and something that I never thought really would happen, um, that was that's why I felt like I
0: I missed out. That makes sense. That makes sense. I, I, I have ne- I've never had a desire to attend a parade. the The only one that ever I felt like it would be something cool to be a part of was when Cleveland won one hmm. You know, yep. because all of the things LeBron leaving and coming back down three games to one the city, you know, you know, my, one of my favorite sports movies, is Major League. Right. And it's it it talked about how long it's been since they won a World Series, all of those things. That was one of those. But I'm not a Cav fan. But I and I had friends that went and said it was amazing. You just people just people hugging other people. It's not. That's the thing about LA. There's been so many teams and so many championships that it's just it. It's like an AAU coach. So you just put another trophy up on the case, and and we get arrogant because of it, and entitled because of it. I'm speaking because two people on the show are arrogant, entitled Dodger fans who, <laughs> after winning a World Series, complained constantly about why do guys? What? How does our offense? Just go completely silent. Like, it's baseball, dude. That's baseball.
1: Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live.
0: Doug Gottlieb show, Fox Sports Radio. Hope you're great. Rick Bucher in a moment. We'll talk to him about Kevin Durant, James Harden. The divorce, in a second, um, heard this on uh, Rich Eisen. So, Mike McCarthy, Cowboys head coach, was on with Rich Eisen. And he had something interesting to say about the constant talk of his job status. Take a listen.
3: I've never once felt that I was not going to be the head coach moving forward and frankly I've been at this long enough that's that's all I'm focused on and I think the players, the coaches, football operations is is really is my main hold. I'm the leader of this football team and I'm about winning and that's, that's all I've ever focused on and that's all I ever will focus on. Are these narratives unusual? Absolutely. I've never dealt with anything like this. Do I wish I didn't have to come on here and answer questions about it? Yeah, you no. Know, no, no doubt about it I wish we were talking about something else, but um, it is part of our landscape
0: hmm so he's saying it's something different and something unique i I, I don't know I, I mean like look he's the coach of the Dallas Cowboys It's the most popular team I believe in the sports most valuable team in the sport He acts like like his job set. Jason Garrett Jason Garrett's job status was discussed constantly. So, acting like I've never felt like I'm coaching for my job, like, okay, Mike McCarthy's going to have to be better. That team's going to have to be better, and his game management's going to have to be better. And and it's at some point the onus does fall on you. You know, you can't say, "Hey, we practiced that play," and most players in the NFL say, "Like, you give it to the official." If you practice those things, you have to execute it, or you're allowing it. You're either coaching it or you're allowing it. Uh, and and the Zion thing is weird because we, had, you know, they somebody leaked those pictures of him in in great shape, right? And it's obvious he's trying to fight the narrative that his body keeps breaking down. But the problem is his body keeps breaking down. That's that's what's at at issue. Look the. The story that, that I think is kind of taken over today is the breakup of Harden and Durant and how it wasn't necessarily Kyrie that that frustrated James Harden. It was Kevin Durant, and Kevin Durant was very frustrated with James Harden. And I, I think that's completely reasonable. You know? It, it's one of those things... It's funny that we're discussing what's essentially a divorce between these two players, right? That's what we're discussing. Essentially a divorce between the between two players or between the Nets and, and James Harden. And one of the things you find is people who have been divorced get divorced more often a second time and a third time. And, and the reason is because as, as much as we're all flawed people, we're all flawed people. But you're kinda of, once you get to a certain age, you kinda of are who you are. And James Harden, of course, there's a bunch of reasons that the Thunder traded him. One, though, was because during the NBA finals, when he was first in the finals with Durant and with Westbrook, they he was playing terribly and he kept going out. Then the reason it didn't work in Houston and he actually wanted out of Houston was Russell Westbrook wanted out, and Chris Paul wanted out. Other guys didn't feel like you could win with him. He's not easy to play with. He dominates the ball. He doesn't play defense, and he constantly thinks he's fouled. He gets those calls in the regular season, doesn't get them in the postseason. Like there's a reason he's moved on to now his fourth team. And I would say the same with Durant. I love Durant. I think he's the best when healthy. He's the best player in the NBA, but he's not perfect. He's just not. And the way in which he communicates with people, and the way in which he expresses his unhappiness to people that he plays with, I think it's easy to call into question. But I would, I would side with Durant on this in regards to, James Harden didn't show up in shape. James Harden does not play, doesn't play defense. James Harden has been adversely affected by the change in officiating. And when you come from a place like Golden State, where it's about having fun and doing everything together, and like, look, he was—he fought against moving the ball. But, I mean, like, nobody holds it and dribbles it like James Harden. Let's welcome in Rick Buecher from Fox Sports 1. Buke, I know you've read this Bleach Report stuff. Did you know that there was such a fissure between Durant and Harden?
5: No, not to that degree. And, uh, and how it's portrayed and let's put it this way. I don't know that I ever thought that they were as close as it was portrayed or that they were as uh, separated as they're now being portrayed. I feel in some ways this is a reflection of what happens with star players and trying to vie for who is going to be the most important person. With a franchise, it's a little bit. It's a little bit like stars in any business, or top executive. You name it. It's like there has to be a pecking order, and people want it a certain way for them, and they want it do- things done in a way that serves them best. And unless you get two people that are of the same mind and have the same ideas on how things should be done and they're in positions of power, this is what you're going to run into. So I don't know that they were ever best buds. I don't know that they're you know mortal enemies now. I think it's somewhere in between. It's simply that the scales tip to uh, a point where James saw an opportunity to be something more than he is in Brooklyn, and he jumped at it.
0: Yeah, and they, they just it's 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 also one of those things where guys often talk about playing together as if it would make everything yeah. perfect, and yes. it's just not. It's it's a it's a yep. really hard sport to do that in. Right there's other sports like I, baseball is probably the easiest. Football is pretty easy as well as long as you're not the same position. Even in your same position, like if you're both wide receivers, we can. We're both defensive linemen. We can both eat. It's more of a quarterback yep. thing. Basketball. Yep. It, there's only one ball. And most of these guys who are the stars, they've had the one ball, you know, more often than not, it's hard for them to share it.
5: Well, and it's why when
0: we, you know, that we have owners and we, I feel as
5: if teams now are being uh, designed and built based on what owners want in terms of selling tickets and what players want as far as superstar players getting together. And playing together, uh, the the friendships developed going back to AAU, and and it undermines what what you really need, which is a dispassionate uh, person uh, who is apart and not not the coach because he's emotionally going to be involved with the players on a day to day basis too. It's it's a GM who can step back and, and can look at the big picture and a GM not like uh, you know. Daryl Morey in my estimation because it does require not just looking at how the team uh, how the players statistically fit together or putting stars together. I think one of the the, the great discrepancies when it comes to Daryl is that people think of him as an analytics GM and I think of him as a first and foremost, a star-driven GM. He wants to put stars together. That's what he did in Houston, whether it made analytic sense or not. uh, Analytic sense, you don't put Dwight Howard and James Harden together. You don't put Chris Paul and James Harden together. You don't put Russ Westbrook and James Harden together. And I would dare say you don't put James Harden and Joel Embiid together. But all that said, the GM needs to be able to step back and look at how all the pieces fit and, and more important, how the personalities fit. And uh, if you understand team sports, then you understand what it takes, what personalities work, and what roles. And that's where I don't know that the Sixers have accomplished something. And I'll be interested to see what the Nets have put together because i still looking at those three. Who's my leader? Who's my vocal leader? Who's the guy who brings everybody together? This was a great opportunity for Kevin Durant to do that with James Harden and Kyrie Irving, and for whatever reason he chose not to play that role, maybe because he can't or didn't want to, whatever the case may be. But that, to me, is one of the elements that you don't come up with statistics to describe uh, who, who is the binding force in a team. And as of right now, with both the Sixers and the Nets, I don't see that element.
0: No, I would agree. I'm going to push back a little bit on Durant because, I mean, he was the unquestioned leader of Team USA this year. I don't know if you have to be the verbal leader.
5: I would disagree with that. I would disagree with that. I think he was the best player. I think he was That's the best I mean. player the same way Carmelo that, that, Anthony was. I think when, when Drew Holiday and the guys from, from Milwaukee showed up, I thought that was, a, that was a game changer. I thought Drew Holiday had a huge – impact on the way that that team plays
0: no question but that's more of a look your best player doesn't have to be your leader but i i i think i i i think it all worked it just it 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 worked and i think it can look the, the brooklyn thing's a mess let's just be honest mm. you got i love steve nash I love the idea of it, but he's never coached before, and this is you're dealing with these massive (laughs) personalities and Yeah,
5: for sure. You're asking way too much of a first time. Well, you're
0: asking. You're wait, and then and and then you have. I mean, you got the Kyrie. If you you take out Kyrie, just as a person who's just he can be a very difficult and challenging person, right? And challenging player to coach. Take that out. You didn't have him for half the year. Because he didn't want to get vaccinated. Now, like, the mayor's talk, Like, you got that element to it. You got James Harden, who we all know doesn't play defense. Apparently doesn't want to be in shape coming start start of the regular season. And then you got Durant, yep. who he's still searching for something, right? Searching for the respect mm-hmm. he thinks he deserves. So you have all of that come together. Like, it's a mess. Okay, so yeah. the dust settles. You're still not a buyer into the Nets at all. Do you think they're better? Like, tell me what you think.
5: I think if they can get all three guys on the floor, I think they can be infinitely better. I think Ben Simmons is a much better fit from just a playing standpoint. I mean, honestly, the ideal combination for me would have been James Harden, Kevin Durant, and Ben Simmons. Uh, Just because Kyrie's just too much of a wild card. But this is the next best thing because it does, in looking at the matchups, uh, Ben Simmons doesn't need the ball uh doesn't doesn't want to shoot doesn't need shots. Uh, he's not going to have to shoot any important shots when it comes right. to uh Brooklyn. I mean he has two guys that are more than willing to do that. He is going to play defense. He can play big. I think they can play him as a like a point five at times. He he is an answer now to what they did not have against the Milwaukee Bucks, and that you have somebody who can match up with, with Giannis Antetokounmpo. I think that would be a really interesting matchup to watch. Uh, so on paper, or I can make an argument why they are better. The, the big question for me simply is, KD is going to be out uh, you know, several more weeks because of the sprained knee. What's he going to be like when he gets back? Uh, Kyrie Irving, what happens with the mandate? Ben Simmons, how long does it take him to get into shape, and where is he mentally? Like, they could get maybe at most a dozen games, I think optimistically a dozen games together before we hit the playoffs. Is that enough to find any continuity and, and rhythm? And where are they going to be in the standings when that happens? I, I, just, I just talked to a scout uh, yesterday about this very thing. I'm writing a piece uh, about it for, uh, for, for the Fox Sports app. And it's about you know, where these two teams are. And, and he believes that if you can get all three guys on the floor, then, then the Nets have as good a chance of getting to the finals as the Milwaukee Bucks do, if you can get them all on, on the floor. But the chance of that happening, there's probably about a 10% chance that you're going to be able to have all three available and at, uh, in peak shape uh, going into the playoffs. And so it leaves them as vulnerable to get knocked out in the play-in or in the first round as it does to winning the championship. It's a, it's a wide variance on what the Nets are capable of being. They could either be at the top or they could be out in the first round. And the percentages say it's more likely the latter than the former simply because of the lack of availability.
1: Rick
0: Bucher joining us on the Doug Gottlieb show here on Fox Sports Radio. Uh, Buke, what about the Lakers? Um, I thought it was perfect. Mm-hmm. That Kendrick Perkins and Richard Jefferson literally laughed on the set of ESPN yeah. when Ramona Shelburne yeah. came with the "Well, they're going to tra- they're going to change they're going to change their focus to the buyout market." Yeah, what can what can be hey, done with, to fix the Hindenburg?
5: Right, with Zach Lowe in between, dumbfounded. Like, why are these guys laughing? Um, I, I mean, I was laughing, too, that the you, you can't you can't fix it. You can't fix it now. It's it is what we thought. You know, they are what we, we thought they were going to be uh,
0: to paraphrase. Dennis I think or, it's I uh, think it's worse. I think it's worse. I, it's worse I do. than we like, thought it was going to be. Yes. Yes.
5: Yeah. Well, I think that's fair. I think that's fair.
0: I, I certainly like 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 I, certainly, like I wondered. I wondered who would get hurt. And you've had guys yeah. that have barely played because they've been hurt. I wondered who yeah. would be washed up, and most of them are, in fact, well – I mean, Trevor Reza can't play. Like, they wanted Trevor Riza right. to be Trevor of 10 years ago. He can't play. Right. Like, of all the, the – it, 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 it could go either way. All of them have gone the wrong way.
5: Yeah. No, I agree. And I just can't help but feel that LeBron understood that as soon as we did – and turned his attention to, I'm just going to go after Kareem's record. Like, I'm just going to try to score as much as I can. And I'm trying to try to keep myself healthy so that, you know, I still might be playing when Bronny comes around. Although I really wonder if he wants to go through what this year is like, because it's not, it's not just this year. It's what do they do going forward? Like, how do you, how do you change the template with what you have? and, uh, and and it's why the buyout market suggestion is so funny because nobody's looking at the, the the reason guys jump on a team in the buyout market is because they think they have a chance of grabbing a ring. That's why all the guys jumped to Brooklyn last year, and that's not what the Lakers present in any way, shape, or form. Which is why to me it it, it is indeed funny this idea that they're going to get you know. But if buyout candidates are going to be looking at the Lakers as a place you want to go, aside from the fact that it just doesn't look like a very fun place to play right now. No, nobody looks happy playing for the Lakers, much less having a chance of winning a championship in an in a atmosphere that seems to be poisoned.
0: Yeah. Outside of that, Mrs. Lincoln, how was the show? Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Buke, Buke, you're the best. Can't wait to read that article on uh, FoxSports.com Fox on the app. Thanks so much for joining us on Fox Sports Radio. Always a pleasure, Doug. Pleasure's mine. Check out the latest lines in the world of sports, Better Sportsbook. Better is the trusted name in online sports betting. You must be 21 present in Colorado, Illinois, Indiana, or Pennsylvania to play gambling problem. Call 1 800 Gambler. Wait to hear what Colin Coward said about Kevin Durant. Next.
1: Be sure to catch the live edition of the Doug Gottlieb Show weekdays at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeart Radio app.
0: I've seen Tony Braxton in concert, by the way. How uh, was it? Good? She was amazing. Um, believe it or not, this is a real story. Um, and it was a long time ago. It was twenty five years ago. I saw Tony Braxton and Kenny G. At the pond in Anaheim, Jay Stew. The pond in Anaheim. So You sat you through
3: an entire Kenny G
0: set? That's
3: be. I'm gotta gonna tell be. you
0: right now. Kenny G, kind of awesome in concert. Is that right? I'd be, I'm car- yeah, like okay. For the Pond in Anaheim is that's where the Ducks play. At the time, it was a nice new arena. Now it's it, it needs a refresh. Um, but like you know, you're like it, it, there's. It, I mean, he was that was peak Kenny G. But he's like up in the third deck, and then he disappears, and he's in the second deck playing, and then he's at the at the court level, and he's serenading a woman with his saxophone, right? Like he's or whatever instrument he plays. So yeah, I mean it was pretty interactive, and then he had a couple people come out and sing to kind of break it up, and Tony Braxton came out and sang. It was actually a good show. It's a good show. I mean, I again, I it was like one of those I went with my parents a long time ago, and I was I was kind of dreading it. I wanted to see Tony Braxton, I was kind of dreading the Kenny G, and I was like, you know, Kenny G was really good. A Kenny G stadium tour. Lots of people paid for that one. Let's get to what the Fox said. What Does the Fox Say is brought to you by Hustler Turf. The brand lawn care professionals have trusted for years when it comes to premium zero-turn lawnmowers to run their businesses. And for us Weekend Joes, Hustler Turf is a full lineup of residential mowers. Visit HustlerTurf.com to find a dealer near you. That's HustlerTurf.com. This is
1: Colin Cowherd talking about his thoughts on Kevin Durant. Steph Curry is, let's all get along. I'm going to let the coach coach, GM, GM. But he's going to facilitate a lot of different communication. Steph is like, let's, let's get along, everybody. What does Kevin Durant do? He doesn't really ever facilitate. He, he's not willing to take the responsibility of the GM, put you on your back like LeBron. You don't want to do that. He's not goody-goody get along with everybody like Steph. He's not going to punch anybody. I mean, he had a Twitter Account that was a burner. He's not confrontational like Jordan or Kobe. So he always ends up being sort of on an island, like every place he's at. And once again, what is he? On an island with Ben Simmons, who's aloof, and Kyrie Irving, who's a little odd. His whole career, he's on an island guy. And what happens is he gets to the playoffs and he's just going to do it himself. But I'll make a prediction that Harden and Joel Embiid are going to get along better than Kevin Durant and the misfit toys that are now the Brooklyn Nets. I'll make you that guarantee. At some point, you can't live on an island. Mm, I understand what Colin's
0: saying. Uh, and I do think Embiid and Harden might get along better. That doesn't mean they'll win a championship. I, I could be the only one, but I, I, I think the Nets are going to be really, really, really good. Really good. And... I would be, uh, I would be surprised if, again, if Kyrie is allowed to play the whole time, which it feels like he will be. If they weren't able to work it out better from a basketball standpoint, now would that mean it would be fun? Maybe not. But from a basketball standpoint, I, I, I Steph is a unique person that everybody does play with great joy and loves playing with him. But that's not the reality of everywhere else. That's what the Fox said. Ah! What does the Fox say? All right, Daniel Jeremiah is going to uh, join us uh, coming up next. Right. How, how can other teams make themselves to be like
1: the Rams? And can the Rams run it back? We'll discuss next in the Doug Outlip Show.